0: You're listening to the Applied Improvisation Network with Sarah McSorley. In this podcast, I'm in Shoreditch, the heart of London's East End at The Rag Factory, a repurposed warehouse and art space that is the rehearsal space for Playback Theatre group, Plays of Our Lives. Join me to enlighten us on Playback Theatre, its applications and its relationships with improvisation are actress-comedian Victoria Howden, founder of Plays of Our Lives, and her co-director, Creative Workshop Facilitator, Jane Beavis. Hi guys! You can talk now. Hi! Hello! Hi. Um, So, for those of our audience who are unfamiliar with the term playback theatre, could you guys summarise what playback is about and how it started and what it involves?
1: Um, So, playback theatre is an improvised theatre um, based on stories told by audience members. So, in a performance, an audience member will tell us a story, a real-life moment, something that happened to them and um, we will turn it into theatre for them, on the spot. So we don't know what the stories are going to be.
0: And how, and how do you guys use that in your in creative workshop facilitation?
2: Uh, when we're running workshops in Playback? Yeah. Um, so we've done a, we run workshops and anyone's welcome, you don't have to have an improv background, um, and just teach the basis of how Playback works um and learning some of the the core forms we have forms in playback um, which are dependent on the type of story that is told so we teach some of the form and some of the ritual that's involved
0: so what sort of what sort of forms are
2: there uh, so some examples of forms as chorus or sculptures or vignettes they're just names and i mean it's hard to explain without without seeing <laughs> <laughs> seeing them but um uh, the ritual of playback is there's normally about four actors um, and a person called the conductor and they're like the link between uh, the audience and the actors and they facilitate the show and they, they warm up the audience and ask for stories um, and then the conductor will listen to um, stories, people who volunteer to tell their story and they will decide on a specific form to tell the actors uh, to you know, improvise the story back in that way. Uh, and it just depends if the story's very emotional or, you know, what what type or if it has lots of characters in it what type of story it is um, and then the actors with the help of a musician will, will improvise it back, the we'll sort of added metaphor or comedy or song or whatever the story calls for really, we've got sort of tools and structures that we use
0: So that's quite uh, so do you, like when you're warming up and rehearsing, how do you if you've done improv before, is it easy to go into playback theatre, or is there any like crossover in terms of like the exercises you do? Like, if an improviser came along, would they recognise what you were doing?
2: Definitely. I, um, in lots of playback theatre groups, is, there'd be a mix of people with improv backgrounds, acting backgrounds, and some groups have more people from therapy backgrounds because it's got a slight sort of therapeutic aspect to it. Although we don't say it's therapy. Um, but it's So, you know, sort of a mix of backgrounds from that, but definitely core improv skills of listening uh, on stage, and I think you need, almost need to listen more, because you're listening obviously yeah. to the teller, um, and then uh, to each other on stage, just normal improv techniques yeah. of, uh, of making offers, accepting offers, and stuff. Saying yes,
1: yes and, mm-hmm. yeah, so there are, yeah, you, if you know improv, then you're an advantage, and maybe a little bit of a disadvantage because you know the rules of improv um, if you're coming in completely new so you don't know what to expect you don't know what improv is and there's something a little may- that may be a little more raw um, and you can have other skills as well it, Like a lot of therapists find the playback theater is something they connect with because of there's some kind of a healing element to seeing your story played in front of you and to, to standing up and saying hello I'm this person and this is my story. Mm. Uh, There's a great empowerment in that and seeing... um, So uh, so a lot of people can connect with this, not only people that come from the improv world.
0: Mm. So there's benefits for the person telling the story. Are there benefits to being an improviser to try playback theatre that would help them with their core improvisation skills? Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. 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 It's about because in playback theatre you're not only improvising, you have to follow a story, you have to be, stay very true to that story. So, you're list- so you have to listen on different levels, you have to also hear what's not being said. To look at body language is very important, so if you take all those deep listening and being very emotionally charged and aware into improv, then it just broadens your world as an improviser much, much more and can add a depth rather than, uh, you know, rather being um, uh, very funny and how you can also find a depth in
2: there. Mm. In the improv world, I hear a lot of uh, trainers talking about truth and honesty on stage, you know, not only mm, with the comedy improv, you get a lot of gagging and and things, and a lot of people leaning towards, you know, reacting with truth and honesty, and I think playback offers that more... um, yeah, that core listening and playing with emotions better because you might be playing back quite a sensitive story, so you're not always looking for the laughs and, and the comedy, so it can really stretch and improviser's skills.
0: So you mentioned um, like therapeutic applications of playback, are there any other situations where playback techniques and playback exercises would be useful in terms of facilitating a workshop? Um, or don 't know trying to get a new team together, or you 're holding that you 've held a conference or a seminar how How well does it lend itself to perhaps less emotively sensitive therapeutic
1: applications well it's all, it can be very well applied in the corporate world um, because when we hear a story we haven 't been there we didn 't see what really happened, so we, we give it an interpretation we don 't deviate from the story, but it, we give it our own interpretation. And by that, by doing that, people can see things that they hadn't necessarily seen or or have some insights or see, um, or even like laugh and and have it be like a comic relief part of an event. Um, There's lots of ways that that playback theatre can work. It can work in role play, uh, so like to simulate different situations in an office, to raise, to, to, to bring a team together, or like team bonding. Um, it can be when you're searching for new ideas um, in, in, in business, uh, you can use us because we have some kind of um, creative element that we can, that we can offer which, which the corporate world is often lacking. That creativity, that freedom, be, being spontaneous, uh, and not thinking too much, uh, hearing a situation and ha- reacting to it in a creative, spontaneous way. Um, you know, if you're spontaneous and you're free, then 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 your productivity is going to be much much higher.
0: There's one thing sort of I can relate to in a previous corporate life, is the uh, the lack of listening. And sometimes you feel like you're just banging mm. your head against a wall. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And so to have someone from the outside to come in, and if someone wants to tell their story, mm. to have that play back, perhaps it can, the person telling the story can. See something perhaps in it that they hadn't noticed before, but but also it can kind of drum home to the to the people they're trying to make a point to who they feel they are not listening that they can actually visualise that as well instead so of just reading an
1: email saying well, I want this yeah, to change. Yeah. yeah, like in school, I was I couldn't like sit and be taught. To somebody talking to me and and, and I didn't necessarily understand but when it was done in a creative way when I was doing something creative I understood it right away Um, so it's my own life experience
2: Mm. we we find with playback as well it it just creates a real sense of community once people start telling stories they um, you know a a specific group will realise how much common ground they have um, you know on any kind of topic, so it creates a sense of um, oneness almost as well. So it works specifically well in, in specific community groups as well, um, you know, creating that understanding of, of togetherness. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, do you have anything else you want to mention about playback, theatre? Because kind of, I feel like it's like with improv and applied improv, like it, it could change the world so much and we just want people to experience it and, yeah. and it's kind of like how can we get more people to do it and to experience playback and experience improv how, how can we you got any ideas how we can
1: revolutionise the world
2: mm-hmm.
1: well Mama T aka Mama Teresa says let's um, let's feed the world one child at a time so, and that's what you do, one person at a time. And as long as, as you know your why, and why we want to do this and why it's so important, then the how and the what is going to come. Is going to come. If we believe mm. that improv, playback theatre, yeah. um, can, can save the world, mm. then that's what we should do.
0: So tell me how you. Don't know how, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me how you guys came together to form plays of our lives, because you're from. Jane's from New
1: Zealand. I am. Yeah.
0: And Victoria, you're from Israel. I
1: am. I am. I don't sound And now it, you're I in
0: London. Here we are in London. Here we yeah. are in London. What happened?
1: <laughs> we were destined for each other.
0: How did these worlds collide? <laughs>
2: Uh, well, I discovered playback in, in New Zealand um, and I was a member of Auckland Playback Theatre and then when I moved to London I joined um, another London-based playback group um, but then I I sort of wasn't able to make the rehearsals and then I had a break of about two two years of not doing any improv or any playback um, while I was in London and I just missed it desperately. Because um, there's then, not that
0: many playback groups there's, there's
2: in, not, in no, the there's UK not, at all? There are some, uh,
1: but not many. Not many. Yeah. It's Um, not as wide as we we want it to be. Yeah.
2: And then I just saw uh, Victoria advertise for uh, people wanting to start, you know, start a new group in London. So I jumped at the opportunity because I was missing it so much.
0: That's me.
2: Yeah.
0: Is it a much more common thing in New Zealand?
2: No. (laughs) I mean, the population of New Zealand is much uh, smaller. There's a group in Auckland. I think
1: there's a group in Wellington. It might be about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I come from the land of the playback. Um, playback was created in New York in the seventies, and um, and so America is very big in playback theatre, and one of the biggest countries is Israel, where I'm from. Um, there are like over fifty groups. Them like in a very very small country, uh, Israel are very big talkers. So you know <laughs> storytelling culture. Storytelling, yeah. Uh, a lot of storytelling. There's a lot of common ground as well, which brings people together for story to tell stories. Um, and um, and I was part of the, of a group there for for many years. I was part of the oldest group, oldest playback group in Israel, which was founded in '91. And um, and when I moved here, I thought I wanted to create, I wanted to bring to the UK what I know playback can be because I've seen it and I've been in it and I've done it. Um, and it, and I wanted to bring it. I wanted to bring what I know of playback to be here mm. and do it here. So
0: why do you think it's taken like su- such a long time for the ball to get rolling in in the UK? Whereas, like you said, in Israel, there's many many groups. Why? I mean, things do spread quite quickly. Why sort of is it been a bit slower on the uptake with playback?
2: No, is it cultural, as you say, like It is, it is cultural, more more countries have a culture of getting together and telling stories? Um, a wee bit stiff upper lips. mate possibly. Yeah, well, well <laughs> in England,
1: they do get to, together to tell stories in, in pubs, pubs. Yeah, just like, need alcohol to
0: fuel it. Well, <laughs> a lot of
1: times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like when people come to a performance in Israel, they don't drink alcohol. It's not that kind of. It's not that kind of culture. Uh, well, people do drink alcohol, but not necessarily at, at the theatre. And um, and so, so there is a cultural, yeah, there's a cultural barrier a lot of t- a lot of the time about something about maybe being um, a little bit uh, being very revealing, you know, to tell to tell your own personal stories. But when you understand that we are all the same stories, mm-hmm. um, and there's something so liberating about telling your own story, all of a sudden you're a hero in your mm-hmm. own life. Um, and there's some there's so much power to that, and that's what we try to do
0: it's that's one of like the, the tenets of like improv is creating a safe space to start off with in your playback theatre workshops or perform or performances. How yes. do you make a teller feel like it's a safe space and they can sort of you know share with the audience or the team members?
2: It's probably highly the role of of the conductor plays quite a pivotal role in sort of welcoming the audience and holding the the space for the audience and the actors um, and making it safe. So just the manner in which the conductor interacts um, with the audience, I guess, it's like a sort of an agreed, you know, uh, we don't say anything about, you know, confidentiality or anything in a performance, Mm. but... um, It's completely voluntary, so, um, you know...
0: So if I wanted to tell a story, I'd go up, I'd sit with the conductor. Yeah. Yeah, you put your hand
2: up. You put your hand up, so no one's forced to, you know, you can just sit back and watch, so no one's forced to tell a story. And I've had some friends come to performances, they're like, oh, I really wanted to tell a story, but I felt a bit shy, so maybe next time. So people might like to come along to two or three times and then then tell a story. It just depends on people, but, um... And uh, the gigs we've done so far in London have, have been great, and we've not had uh, a shortage of stories. No, so it's been very positive. Flow Pe- of stories. a, a lovely flows. People yeah. are keen to to share them. So anything. I don't know we we also,
1: Ed? as actors, we also reveal our, we reveal. We tell our own stories. At the beginning of a performance, we tell a moment from our lives. So we say. We're, we're, we're up here doing this and it's not scary like you might think it is and it, it doesn't have to be anything grandiose I think that's a, that's a mistake that people make that it has to be like a once in a lifetime kind of story it can be any story it can be anything it can be uh, uh, washing the dishes this morning um, and I don't know and listening to music you can say that's what you did and that's what you'll see well that's not what you'll see but we'll make it fun <laughs> and creative and amazing um, but it can be anything, you so know. It's part of it putting an the audience
0: at ease. You've shared a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's you part you of our little f- warm up that we do in our ritual opening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And we do it in a way like it's built into performance is built in two parts. So we start out with short form that people um, say a little moment from where they're sitting in the audience. So they don't yet come onto the stage to tell their story. Um, and then only the, in the second half, they come up to the stage and tell a story. So they pretty much know what's going on by the time it's time to come up to the stage. Show. Mm. People are already warmed up. They've got their association world is working. So they've thought of stories they might not have thought of mm. when they came in the door. Um, because uh, because things have already come up and p- people mm. have told their stories. So you so. often get
2: themes in a in a show. So as soon as the first person tells a moment, that ke- clicks off little links and associations in the audience's mind, like oh that happened to me, or and that and that's where the commonality, that lovely uh, universal commonality, comes from that we find, you know, in playback.
0: Mm-hmm. and uh is it just the the a few players on
1: stage, or do you ever use any props or? Uh, we use fabrics that can be different things, uh, they're different colours, uh, the basic um, kind of colours, and um, um, we can use them, those for different props, we, uh, we have, there's also a musician in playback, mm. uh, which, which sits to one side of the stage and plays, um, and plays music, so we're four players, uh, we don't have any props other than that, um, other than fabrics and a conductor. And chairs to sit on. It's important.
0: It's important to have a good chair. Yes, definitely. Okay. Well, thank you for giving the Applied Improvisation Network a bit of an insight into the world of playback. I kind of feel like it's kind of like there's like the applied improv, and then there's improv, and playback fits in this sort of middle zone between the two. It's not. You can't take artistic license with someone's story. So you're applying mm. their story, and then with improv, like comedy improv or whatever improv, you can, you can kind of have a bit more free range, just like the word association. But you put a story, so you're yeah. all kind of concreted more into
1: reality. Well, it's not necessarily reality, it's, it's someone's story. We can, we can take a story that seems very real and make something, fant- you know, uh, 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 create a fantasy out of it. Um, so it's not it's not about reality so much. It's about narrative. It's about staying true to a story. Um, you know what I mean? That's the, kind of the difference. Because we do take some artistic license. Yes, yeah, especially uh, with meta-
2: using metaphor metaphors and, and, and music things, yeah. and stuff. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, it would be boring if someone told a story and we just, and we just played did it, it. Yeah. Did the same story exactly back. So it's about adding that creativity, uh, which all your improv skills come into play
1: there yeah yeah awesome okay and we're really cool and come and see us on the 4th of august is it I think maybe it's the 6th of august it might be the 6th of august but <laughs> well, we'll put the dates on <laughs> yeah we'll put, the, well. we'll put the dates and follow us we're we'll players of our lives and come and tell stories it's really really cool so and, yeah, yeah i'll put all your
0: details online if anyone wants to ask any questions <laughs> drop you an email facebook pages twitter all that stuff um I suppose uh, that's it.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank Thanks. you.
0: Thanks, guys. Bye bye.